Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Against the backdrop of our dark world, what is Paul saying? Paul says this, against this backdrop, everybody's walking around like this, crooked. They don't see it, we see it. And all of a sudden, they come across us. Someone that's toying the line, filled with the love of God, filled with the grace of God, doing it God's way. And they go, look, that's what we're to be. The Bible tells us that we're all born with a nature that wants to live in opposition to God's original intent. Because we're born that way, we don't see the problem with it. Once we become Christ followers, the Holy Spirit shows us where we're not lining up with God's will. Pastor Mark is teaching that once that we have the light of Christ within us, we are to shine that light to the unsaved world around us. We do that primarily by being obedient to God's commands and sharing His love with others. The contrast will be so obvious that people will become curious why we're different. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 3 of his message, The World is Watching. way we live, it's right out in front of people. It's honest. It's open. There's nothing hidden. It really talks about a metal being mixed with alloys that aren't good in it. It's not purified. And God has to bring that metal up and heat it up and get the stuff off the top. It means that kind of life. We're right. We're unmixed. It also has an interesting term. We're to be unexperienced or inexperienced in evil. Now that's really difficult. All you have to do is turn on your TV, and we're no longer inexperienced in evil. Watch MTV. Watch any of the paid HBO and stars and all that jazz, which you shouldn't have in your home anyway. Because the minute you watch it, you're not inexperienced in evil. It's right smack dab in the front of your face, and you're just like the rest of the world. So these are character traits. And the last one is pure, above reproach, without fault. Wow, blameless, innocent, above reproach, pretty tough. But here's the good news. Look at verse 15 again. Look at the beginning. So that you may become, circle those words, may become. What does that mean? The original language means this, become is a process. So Paul says, you are becoming these things. You haven't arrived. Paul, at the end of his death, said, I haven't arrived. You're a work in progress. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm a work in progress. Go ahead, just just tell him. I'm a work in progress. 
You know, when you drive the back of this building here in, in Melbourne, we have a work in progress. We have a new children's building going up. And there's always stuff happening. You're a work in progress right now. And you're working toward those areas. Those, that character that represents Jesus Christ. By the way, do you remember the last time you looked in the Bible and you saw a scripture that said this? And Jesus grumbled. <laughs> Whoops. It isn't there. So I'll never be perfect, but I'm a work in progress. I'm going to be this person that is honesty of character. What you see is me. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I just did with the insurance companies. But I'm a work in progress. I'm just like you. That's why we're not better than the world. But we have God working in us, guys. Christ is making you a growing follower of Jesus Christ. And then, well, that world is working on those actions and the character in our attitude. So number three, you want to write this. Be blameless, innocent, and above reproach. Why? Because there's a contrast. That's what Jesus Christ was. In him was found no sin. That's a tough standard to go for. See, the reason we can say to you, the world is confused today. The world says, if I'm a good person, I'm going to heaven. Well, in the book of Matthew, Jesus defines a good person. And is a person that never sins, has never sinned, 100% perfect. Nobody reaches that because we're born with a sin nature. We sin by nature and we sin by practice. And so the standard is there. I'm not getting there, but I am a work in progress. I'm learning to obey. I'm learning to grow. And I'm respecting God because amazing that he got it. And that's his character. So he's given me the desire to grow. He's given me the desire not to be a grouchy person. And then he empowers me. Not to do those things. Look at the last part of verse 15. So that you may become your work in progress today, blameless and pure, children of God, hallelujah, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation. Now, what in the world does that mean? See, this is a contrast. Paul says, you're going to stand out. Because you're to be different. I'm speaking to you as a Christ child. You're to be different. In this crooked and depraved generation. Now the word crooked is very interesting. It's a medical term. In the English, we get that term. It's called scoliosis. It's a curved spine. So if a person has scoliosis, their spine isn't straight up and down. It's like this. They're deformed. And so what Paul says, in the world that you live, well, the world that you live is depraved. It's crooked. It isn't the standard. It isn't God's standard. They live like this. And because of that, it's a perfect picture of being warped, deviated from the good, far from following God. Then he uses the word depraved. That's even worse. It's perverse. It's morally corrupt. Very far away. Off course. Let me talk just for a moment. Let's face it. Our world today is twisted, 
distorted, evil, and far from God's path of living right. If you got to Florida Today paper today, there's a whole section on sexual predators. And their faces are filled with it. That's just one little example of our world totally depraved, far from God. But remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus went to people who had, I don't commit adultery. I'm pretty good. He said, if you even look at a woman or a man with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. See, when Jesus looks at us with our character, oh, it's not just the actions. He's right into my heart. So without him, I'm crooked. I'm depraved. I'm just like the world. So he says, no, 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 don't be that way. Because there should be a contrast. It should be different. I want you to think about this for a moment. I'm not a political guy. I believe in the process. You need to know that we should vote. We should vote the Bible. You also need to know this. Bottom line, the only thing that's going to change this world is Jesus Christ. It's not a government. It's not a party. So I want you to think about this for a moment. This is election weekend. As you've watched the commercials and all the stuff that's out there, this weekend shows us how crooked and perverse our country is. As you've watched these ads, and let me say this, and some of you will grumble, good for you. As you've watched these ads from Republicans and Democrats, have you seen this? A positive, joyful, thankful attitude. Have you seen a unity of flowing together for our country? Have you seen blameless, innocent, and above reproach people? No, you have not. As a shame to our country. Say, so, well, I'm Republican and I'm going Forget it. Both sides, independent included. Gotcha. And it's a sad thing for our country. How to get that way? Oh, we have a lot of religious people know how to say the right things. But they take these little bites and put them together and make the person say something they never said. You know, you could take the sermon today and work at it. Christina could in her department. And here's what the statement could be when you walk out. Pastor Mark Balmer says, Gonzuzo is a way of God. It's great. They just forgot a few words like no and never and don't. The ads you're watching, that's what they are. Most of the people, there's some, there's some really good, but most of the people have no character. They have no God of this. They just want an office because they love power and they love pride. And they're not here to serve us. They're here to serve themselves. But we should still vote. Find somebody that can match that. Listen to A.W. Tozer. He was born in 1897. Think about our religion today. He says this, religion today, and religion is different than Christianity. Religion is all about form and ritual and coming to church and doing all this. Religion is very different than a relationship with God. He says this, religion today is not transforming people. Rather, it's being transformed by the people. It is not raising the moral level of society. In fact, it's descending to society's own level and congratulating itself that it has scored a victory because society is smiling, accepting its surrender. 
Now, we're to shine. We're to be different. Let's do a little housekeeping first. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Let's talk about Protestants, evangelicals. Have we had any problem with our moral character with many of our pastors and leaders in the evangelical movement? Any any problems? Does it seem to hit the headlines? Yeah, why? Because the world is saying what? You're absolutely no different than us. Could that headline have my name in it? Oh, yes, it could. So you have to pray for me and the pastors and elders because we're no different than those people who fell. So we've not done a very good job because the world goes, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. And the world is right. There's no difference. And by the way, when you hear them, it's like, well, I really didn't do that. And pretty soon here comes the next lie and then the next lie and then the truth. And how do we look? Even worse. Am I right or am I right? Well, maybe you come from a Catholic background. How is it in the Catholic Church? The priests molesting kids cover up for how long? It's no different. And so the world goes, do I want to become part of you? I think not. So we have to be different. So Paul says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Quit being like the crooked world. Learn to stand up straight. Well, how do I do that? And what impression will that make? On the over it is a black sky with one star. A black sky with one star. You see, all it takes is one little bit of light in a dark world to make a difference. That's what you and I are supposed to be. We are to be stars against the backdrop of a very dark, perverse, depraved generation. Perfect? Oh, no. But shining because of God's help. That's what the church is to be. That's what you and I are to be. Look at verse 15 again. So that you may be blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Against the backdrop of our dark world, what is Paul saying? Paul says this, against this backdrop, everybody's walking around like this, crooked. They don't see it, we see it. And all of a sudden, they come across us. Someone that's toying the line, filled with the love of God. Filled with the grace of God. Doing it God's way. And they go, look. That's what we're to be. Because it grabs people's attention. Just like light does in a dark sky. Oh, look at the moon. Look at the stars. They're not talking about the darkness. They're talking about the light. So the fourth thing you want to write is simply this. The world is watching our character shine because the world is watching. The word shine in the New King James, it says shine in the midst of the people, right in the middle of the dark world. And that is the key to this whole thing. Light that is hidden is no good at all. Now, keep your finger there. 
go to the book of Matthew. First book, New Testament. Matthew chapter 5. One day Jesus spoke about this. And he made it very clear for us. And he said, light is desperately needed because our world is in spiritual darkness. We know that Jesus is the light of the world. The darker the world, the brighter the light appears. So we're not negative. We're not griping. We understand our system. Thank God we still live in a country where we can vote. But what do we do? Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. And he's speaking to you as a Christ follower. Chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Why in the world would you do that? Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven, that they may see your good deeds, your lifestyle. You're not a grumbler. You're not a complainer. You're not a divisive person. You're a person that what you say goes. You're a person above reproach. You're not perfect. And if you blow it, you ask forgiveness. But you're real. You're becoming like Jesus. Now, when we speak of light and we speak of dark, what does that mean? When Jesus speaks of light, it's always a spiritual application. It means God. God is light. It means I have spiritual insight. I understand how to decide this situation, this question in my life, this choice that I have to make. God's word gives me light. And then, of course, the bottom line to light is that if I'm in the light, I'm walking with God. And Jesus said that if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness anymore. And the Bible speaks about walking in the light as he's in the light. So everybody in this room this morning, you're either following God, you've been forgiven, you've been saved, born again, and you're following God. You're walking in the light. Now, as we walk in the light, we're striving not to be grumblers and complainers and divisive people, always looking for the thing that's wrong to bring it up and show how good we are. We're these people that are blameless. We're these people that have above reproach. We're these people that are pure in our motives. And the world is taking notice. Because we're different. We're different. Well, what about dark? Well, darkness, spiritually speaking, talks about Satan. In him is no light at all. It's talking about spiritual blindness. 2 Corinthians 4 says, he's blinded the unbelievers' eyes. So they can't see the goodness of God. And then, of course, it's exactly the opposite. All of us were born walking against God. When you walk against God, the end result of that, if you don't change that walk, it heads in hell. Separated from God forever. Nobody wants to end there. So we're either walking with God or we're walking apart from God. Now, when he speaks about this... In the midst, shine in the middle. Don't take your light and put it under a bowl. Why would you hide your light? Here's the problem we've had. Jesus says to us this morning, you're the light of the world. You're the hope of the world. You're people of influence. But if the light is hidden, it's useless. If you take your light and you cover it, it's useless. It doesn't shine. How have we done that? Well, we've done that by being just like the world. 
So when people look at us, we're just like the world. You can't tell any difference. And I'm not talking about being weird people, but I'm talking about character and attitude and action. We're different. So if we're just like the world, forget it. But here's the thing that we've done in the church. It's a huge year. A church should gather and then scatter. See, we're here receiving light. We're receiving insight. We're receiving God's word. He's speaking to our hearts. Here's how to walk. Here's how to live. It's good. We should be gathering together. But most churches, most churches stop right there. That's where they've gone to. We just gather together and all the light is in here in this little room. All the light is here. Suddenly, confined in the church walls. And we have these little holy huddles. And all of this light is shining everywhere. And yet people are looking for light and they can't see it because they're outside this building. So we have to what? Scatter. We have to take our lives. The reason we have to take our lives is people are watching. At work. It's your neighborhood. Where that condo Nazi lives. It's right up there. And you're to shine. And you're to be different. And you're to show the world that we care. And show God that we have a God that loves us. So I've taken that verse and I made it very practical. You can put your own words in it. But here's what I do with that verse. Matthew 5.14. And I speak to myself. Balmer. I just speak to myself. God, who's a balmer? A balmer? Listen up. What? Balmer, you're the light of the world. But you must let your light shine. Before people, because concealed light is useless. You put your name in there. See, it's wonderful to be together. I love being together. I love teaching you guys. It's a joy to be hanging together. But the light has to be outside of here. This last Friday night, the light was shining outside the building. And because of that, Thousands of people were impacted. And the bottom line to it was not the hot dogs, not the games, not all the excitement, not all the hundreds of cars with their trunks up and the creativity, all the people and all the candy. being That was all amazing. But the bottom line to this was light was in darkness and we made God look good. You did it. You did what this verse says. And I'm so proud of you. Let's shine. Let's be different. And let's stop the traffic on all the roads. And people will say, at those churches that teach the Word of God, something's happening. And it is because light has shined in here And we are different because of the love and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us of Jesus' teaching about the character of the typical Christ follower. We are to be like lights shining in the darkness, illuminating the way to the truth of God. We were told that we need to shine because the world is watching us to see how we handle life. By allowing God's attitude to be displayed, we'll show the truth of the gospel. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. 
We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings to an end the teaching the world is watching. We hope that Pastor Mark has given you some food for thought as well as encouragement to deepen your walk with Jesus. We also trust that learning what the scriptures have to say about becoming a more committed Christ follower illustrates how much God cares about the success of your journey with Him. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.